good morning on this brisk morning. As brisk as it is for us to got out this morning, let me tell you, I, Brenda this morning talked to some friends of ours in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. It was, the temperature was zero and the wind chill was a minus 40. <laughs> so we're having a heat wave here, you know. Think about that when you exit the cold weather today. Uh, I want to remind you a couple of things. First of all, Ash Wednesday service will be 7 o'clock on Wednesday, of course, depending on the weather forecast. We've, it's been all over the place, so I don't know. But if there is ice and snow, we, of course, it will be canceled. Um, next week begins our Lenten sermon series, uh, the first Sunday of Lent. Uh, also, we will have um, uh, special, we'll begin our special Lenten offering emphasis, uh, and Katie's going to come up and speak about that. Katie, you want to just come on and make your way up here? And we have some prior calendars ugh, prior, that we hope that you'll pick one up, and there's a way you can pray. There's a prayer every day to pray uh, for kids. Then the other thing I wanted to mention was that we have um, reduced office hours this week beginning Tuesday. Beth will be gone and we'll have volunteers in the mornings on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then things will be back to normal the next week. All right, go ahead, you go ahead. As Pastor Joseph said, we have some special Lenten prayer calendars available in the narthex this morning. And we thought it tied in so well with what we have chosen for Memorial's Lenten mission this year. The conference is focusing on children in poverty. And so the calendar has um, a way each day you can pray for children in poverty. So please pick one of those up this morning on, in the narthex on the back table. Um, also, in the um, coming weeks, we hope that you will buy a ticket for Ellen's birthday bash. Ellen is the five-year-old little girl that we have chosen to sponsor. She lives with her family in Uganda, and we hope to be able to raise enough money to support her through age 18. Um, we are planning a birthday bash for her. It will be Sunday night, March the 15th at 5 o'clock in the Family Life Center. This is going to end up being a night of worship, um, but it will be a birthday party as well. Um, we're going to have a dinner. Um, a silent auction, live entertainment, and of course, birthday cake and ice cream. So we will have more information um, beginning this week in the bulletin, and of course in the March newsletter and through Sunday morning announcements. Um, and Paige and I will be available for questions and if you need more information, but we really hope you will join us in supporting this Lenten mission. Thank you. All through Lent, of course, any time during Lent, and, and really we like to have it by Palm Sunday. If you want to write an offering towards this, uh, you could just say special Lenten offering on the thing. And as to go, and there you hear so much more about this on the big birthday bash, but as I as was mentioned, what we're trying to do is if we can raise $5,000. Now, we did that once last year at Lent to furnish a village with animals and animal husbandry uh, stuff. We would endow, what happens is that money is endowed for this little girl and it would then provide for her school, clothes, medicine, food, etc. till she's 18. That would be a great thing if our church could endow an uh, endowment for this uh, ch child. So we need five grand come Palm Sunday if we can from all the different things we're going to do. And uh, we already started with our uh, make a swish was money is going, is going to go to that. So anyway, just keep that on your radar screen. There's a lot of people not here today. Help us uh, spread this around when you talk in your Sunday school classes and so forth and so on. Now, last week I got my wires crossed and Carol uh, Johnston Carol, you want to come? Can you come up, or you want to stand up where you are? Can you come up? Okay. 
I'm going to get Carol. Was going, well, you just want to stand there. Carol uses a, a cane, but we, and that's okay, but it's harder for her to walk all the way up here and all the way back. If y'all just look at her and see her, we want to welcome her into the congregation as a member of our church. She comes as a transfer to us from another church, and we've went through all the stuff we're supposed to go to, and we got a gift for you, and that's what Marsha's doing. She's making her way over there, and we welcome you into our fellowship. Let's uh, welcome her. Thank you. Thank you. Let us begin our worship together. Let us pray together. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. 
Grant that we, your people, by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of Christ's glory so that Christ may be known. Amen. Let us join our voices together in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated and let our children come forward at this time for our children's moments. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing this morning? Um, do you know the song, This Little Light of Mine? 
Can you sing a little bit of it for me? Just the beginning? Um, in this song, do you know what the light stands for? Yes, sir? <coughs> exactly. It's about um, the, the light is our faith in God and our belief that the words in the gospel are true. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown light in our in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Letting our light shine means that we let other people see our faith in God and the gospel by being kind and faithful, even when it's difficult to do these things. What do you think this song means when it says, don't let Satan blow it out? Exactly. It means um, letting Satan blow out our light means forgetting we're Christians by acting in ways that God doesn't want us to act. It's um, not, not showing everyone that we are children of God. Um, being Christians in a world that is filled with sin can be really hard. Um, doing things because they're right and because we love God and want to live the way he wants us to live can be difficult. But we are children of God. Um, we let our light shine even when the rest of the world is dark with the absence of God's love and living word because we're children of God. We praise God by showing our faith through our actions. Now, if we were to walk outside and it was really, really, really dark outside, what, what would we need to be able to see? Yes. A candle. Yes, a candle or a flashlight. That would help us see, right? So if, if the world is dark, and the way we say the world is dark is basically not the whole world is filled with Christians like us. We have to be different. Um, and the love of God shines through us to others. And by letting others see that we're Christians, they might be curious about God and want to get to know him too. So, um, will you pray with me? Will you um, speak after me, please? Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for loving us, for loving us, and helping us, and helping us show others, show others that we are your children, that we are your children, by letting our light shine, by letting our light shine, even when the world is dark, even when the world is dark. Please help us. Please help us to remember to let our light shine. To remember to let our light shine when we are not happy. When we are not happy, and remind us. And remind us that our love for you. That our love for you will keep our lights burning. Will keep our lights burning. Amen. Now I have. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> now I have some. Um, yogurt covered raisins for you and you can each have two because we don't have that many kids today. scripture is uh, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 through 6 and even if our gospel is veiled it is veiled only to those who are perishing 
In their case, the God of this world, that's a reference to Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat> oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you have given us your precepts and examples so that we might find order in our life and may bring order here on earth. 
And we stand before you this day in wonderment as we contemplate your great goodness to us, as we sing our praises to you and offer our petitions, we know we must first confess. And we confess, O oh Lord, that even though we know all this and we know your law and your precepts and how to live, we choose time and again to turn and go a different way. We stray off the right path. Our ears itch for ways to find loopholes, if you will, so that we can carry on being disobedient. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd have mercy upon us, that you would look upon your wayward children and forgive us, that you'd give us a fresh dose of your Holy Spirit so that we might be up to the task that you've called us to, and that we would have the power to carry the good news into a dark world that we would let our light shine. To this day of Transfiguration Sunday in which we celebrate your glory being revealed to those witnesses that day on the mountain, we're also reminded that there are many uh, who are suffering, who are trapped in darkness of mind, body, and spirit. I pray this day, O oh Lord, for each one, each one that, that are written on our prayer list, each one that are written in our hearts now. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would hear us and do what you know is best and that we would understand and accept your good and perfect will in all our prayers and requests and petitions. Help us this day to overcome our sin and brokenness through the glory of Jesus Christ, whose name we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
seen it. This is Transfiguration Sunday. Let me read the text for this day. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. And suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And they kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the revelation of your glory to those witnesses that day and the, and the faithful testimony of them through the generations to us today. Help us to see and understand that divine moments come to us each and every day, transfigured, if you will, our existence. Help us to always acknowledge you and give you credit. Help us always stay focused upon you. We pray in your name. Amen. I want to set the stage just a little bit before we get to the Scripture. You imagine with me <clears throat> all these times that you've heard me talk about Jesus starting His ministry and calling to the disciples and His first sermon in the synagogue and the, the people come and to him constantly, almost night and day, needing his help, his words, his touch, his healing power. How he fed the multitudes and was constantly, constantly people needing him. And so finally, near the end of his ministry, <clears throat> Jesus takes his disciples, and obviously, the Jesus and his human side had to be exhausted. And they decided to go to a place that from ancient times has always been uh, a place of refreshment and relaxation. They went to a little place called Caesarea Philippi, which is up in the mountains in northern Israel. In fact, it's the furthest away Jesus ever got from his fate in Jerusalem. And there is a spring and a, a little stream that is the headwaters of the Jordan River. And while they were there at this beautiful place, Jesus probed them with questions about who does people say that I am? And he listened to their answers. And then finally he said, but who do you say that I am? Which is the question that must be answered by every one of us as we begin our faith journey in life is that first question, who do you say Jesus is, must be answered by every would-be disciple. And if you remember the scriptures uh, in the past, you know that Peter speaks up for the twelve and says, you are the Christ, the Holy One, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. You are that one. And Jesus, I'm sure, must have been uh, affirmed in his spirit to hear that after these three years of ministry with these disciples who didn't always get it, just like we are, they had gotten it. And Jesus declared that upon that confession of Peter, he would build his church and nothing would stand against it. 
And from that point on, Jesus resolutely turned to Jerusalem. And uh, I've often thought about the fact that he got as far away as he could go in ancient times to the foot there of Mount Hermon and the mountains there in northern uh, Israel and uh, Lebanon and Syria. That you almost wonder if he needed, if he was having serious doubts. And but once he heard the Peter's confession, he turned resolutely. There's not another story in the Bible where he turns back north. He's heading south all the way from that point to Jerusalem. He he stops along the way and he heals people and he provides for them. Uh, there's a wonderful story about the woman at the well that you probably know. But he continuously heads towards Jerusalem during this period of time. And after six days of journey, he's about midway from Jerusalem. And he goes up on Mount Tabor. And I can't help but also think that maybe after six days of journeying, heading towards his fate, he knows he's going to be killed. He, he told the disciples not to say anything. That maybe, again, the doubts might have started up. You know, it's one thing, you have a high moment, and then you go about six days, and then sometimes, you know, you start wondering again. But Jesus, true to form, went and sought help. Jesus went back up on top of a mountain seeking, I believe, to be strengthened uh, in prayer. Uh, from the Father as was his habit. And in this particular case, he doesn't go alone. He takes uh, Peter and James and John who have kind of become the inner circle of the disciples by this time. And while they're on the mountain praying, something incredible happens that we call the transfiguration. And there... On that place, midway between this beautiful escape park-like setting, halfway to the awful, ugly, despicable cross, Jesus prays. And the Father responds, and you, you hear the words, and Jesus is transformed before them to the point where they can see His future glory, His, His heavenly body. And dazzling white, and you talk about a light that shines. Now there's a light that started shining and has never stopped shining on this old earth. And there, while they're there, they hear the Lord say, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. And then we also have Moses and Elijah show up. Now, folks, Moses and Elijah have been dead for centuries when this occurs. And there we have a couple of messengers from heaven that appear with Jesus to strengthen him and talk to him. And the, these disciples, you see, they see this. And uh, obviously it is not only an incredible scene, but it must be a frightening scene. I, I love how in the Scripture there is that little, little bit of humor there where whoever was writing the, the account years later, you know, it's in parentheses there in the Bible, and it says, you know, Peter really didn't know what to say. He was frightened. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, think, I don't think none of us would know what to say if all of a sudden we saw this appearance of people that we knew were long dead and Jesus transfigured before us. And so, so Peter wants to build a shelter which was like a shrine and that was not unusual in that day and time either with the believers in God like the Jews or in the non-believer people like the pagans. They oftentimes would build a shrine or a shelter when something happened to them something they considered the divine. And it's, just, and it's important for us, I think, to remember that we also receive <clears throat> these special moments. All through our life, there's been special moments 
when we have felt and, and seen the hand of God work. Now, as I've told you many times, most of the time we don't see them until we look back. But they happened. They were special divine moments. And we should cherish them. But we can't hold on to them. You know, just as soon as Peter said, well, let's stop and never move again from this place because this is a divine moment that has happened and it is incredible. We should just stay right here the rest of our days. What happened? It disappeared. Everything disappeared around them. Elijah and Moses went back to heaven and Jesus Appearance went back to just like it was. You see, that is the way gifts of grace that God send us are. They pass, and then the next moment of our life arrives. And we're not supposed to stop in place when those divine moments occur. We're supposed to keep on going. We're, not, we're supposed to keep on our journey. And they're there to tell us, to help us to see that God is with us. Yes, it's just a memory that we have. It's just a leftover memory. And it might not seem like a whole lot, but it's overwhelming when we treasure it as it was meant to be treasured. It's a passing moment. But it leaves us a confidence and a peace to face whatever may come, just as it did for Jesus. So he was able to come back off of that mountain. Maybe when we went up, he had doubt, but coming back, there was no doubt. He was clear to instruct his disciples, I'm going, and I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised, and when that time comes, you can talk about this. But not to then. It's a passing moment that leaves confidence and, and, and peace to face whatever comes. We must recognize these events when they occur in our life. They are moments of transfiguration just as they were for Jesus and they are gifts from God. For Jesus, He was confirmed in His mission. He is encouraged to continue on. He is reminded of the glory that awaited Him in heaven. And we also have these moments in our life. We may only have a small moment. It might not be as spectacular as that, but it's still a moment. And I guarantee you that if you sit down and think about it this afternoon, you will think about times in your life when you can tell similar stories of faith, when you were faced with some difficult decision or some difficult journey and how God led you forward through it. We must not be like the man in the joke, you know. You've heard this joke, I'm sure. He was lost, lost in the desert. And later after he described his ordeal to some people, they said, well, what happened? He said, I, in sheer desperation, I, I knelt down and I cried out for God for help. He said, did God answer your prayer? They asked him. He said, no, God did not answer my prayer. Before God could do a thing, an, an explorer come along and showed me the way home. Friends, don't miss the divine moments in life. Don't forget to credit the one who watches over us, who is with us. Yes, all these things are mysterious, and most of the time people shy away from them. I've always enjoyed talking about these most mysterious things that we cannot really understand or comprehend because it is a touch of divine in a very real human world. We do not have to understand it, okay? We don't. We don't have to understand one thing about the transfiguration. We don't have to understand one thing about the mystery of the body and blood of Christ at communion. We don't have to understand one thing about why in the world has the church been able to successfully continue and grow all these generations with everything that's against it. We do not have to understand. No, what we have to do, though, is this. 
is to see it for what it is. It's a divine moment. A divine moment in Jesus' life. It was a divine moment in our life every time we partake of worship or communion or baptism or been part of the church's worship practices. Whenever we have been part of a Lenten journey, every time we've been part of something like who would have believed in our church would have built a school and a mission station in Pakistan, which is what we did a couple years ago. Y'all remember the big auction and everything we had? Those are divine moments. It's a divine moment that's going to happen in this little Ellen's life when her parents are told that she's going to be taken care of till she's an, an adult. That they don't have to worry any longer because they exist on less than a dollar a day. That's hard for us to imagine, isn't it? Existing on less than a dollar a day. These are divine moments. You know, it's a divine moment when a kid decides to go to a Sakihatchee work camp and work on other people's houses. The experience they get, the way they act and how they're changed, those are divine moments. Friends, they're divine moments that occur in our life every day. They don't have to be big. They're small, little things. The smile of someone. I call you today to not try to understand it, but just to recognize it for what it is. To recognize these things so that you'll stay the course, that you'll go forward to do what God wants you to do as you live your life, as you live your life in the kingdom of God. And so I pray this day for you that as we begin our Lenten journey, so many people want to miss the Lenten journey. I, I just want to say this. People are always happy to go through the Christmas journey because after all, at the end of the Christmas journey, there's this beautiful little baby. The Lenten journey is a lot harder because we know at the end of the Lenten journey, we have to go through the cross and into the tomb before we can come back out. So as you make this Lenten journey, as you have clouds in your life, whatever they may be, and Lord, there's always something. I know, trust me, my family has a, we got a long list of them. When those clouds are over your head, listen. Listen for God who says, the same God who told Jesus, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. Listen to God to say, I am with you. You are not alone. I'm with you even to the end of the age. I hope you hear those words. And that will give you the strength to move on and to carry on and to keep going forward. I pray these words to encourage you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.